Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 18 of Revelation chapter 19, and we're going to be reading verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And this verse is describing the Lord Jesus Christ in the day of judgment, and out of Christ's mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. Now, the previous couple of verses earlier had said that his name is called the Word of God. And and this uh, verse, verse 15, is following up on that statement because it, it is uh, picturing the Word of God that comes out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Word made flesh. He's the very essence of the Bible. And and therefore, God uh, is picturing this sharp sword that's protruding from his mouth. And the reason for that is that the sword typifies the Bible itself also. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says in verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is quick, it's alive, and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. It is the word of God. And with it, with the Word of God, the Bible, it goes on to say, he should smite the nations. And here God is indicating that it is through the written Word. It is through the divine revelation of the Scripture that um, he uses as an instrument of wrath it is the tool that Christ is turning to in order to apply the punishment that uh, that the law of God demands, and 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 so it is as though uh, eternal God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is um, coming to punish the unsafe people of the earth, and the instrument of punishment is the Bible. It is the Bible itself that with the Bible he should smite the nations. Now, um, the, the word smite also relates to a sword. If we look at Luke 22 and in verses 49 and 50, it says there, when, when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. 
and the same word smite in association with the sword. So uh, when you have a sword and you're you're doing battle or fighting, you smite with it. And here we see that um, this one individual had his ear cut off. So it was a sharp sword. And we find the word smite also in Revelation chapter 11 concerning the two witnesses. It says, beginning in verse 5, And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Now keep in mind that the two witnesses are a figure that God uses to represent the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah, as the law of um, Moses typifies the law, and Elijah the prophets. And uh, here in the verses we just read, Notice it speaks of fire devouring their enemies, and it was Elijah that called down fire from heaven. Also, it mentions um, that it rained not in the days of their prophecy, in the, t- in the time of Elijah. There was a period in which it did not rain, and uh, turning waters to blood, Who who is well known for doing that in the Bible. Moses, when he turned the river of Egypt to blood, or God did it through him. So we see that what is said of the two witnesses, uh, we, we could find reference to Moses, and we can find historical reference to Elijah, that these things happen during their period of life and ministry, and that's because they typify uh, the law and the prophets, which in turn is a representation of the Word of God, the Bible. And in this context, it's God's Word, the Bible, as it witnessed and and gave testimony within the churches and congregations for the church age of the period of 1955 years. But, uh, well, we won't get into that. And then when the two witnesses are killed... It is referring to the end of of God's using His Word within the congregations, um, the the end of the power and the authority of the Bible in the churches, and and that took place at the beginning of the Great Tribulation back May 21, 1988. But also here, notice that the two witnesses had power to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will, because the word of God, the Bible, has that power to smite. It could always cut uh, to condemnation. It could always cut to judgment as well as bring life. It's quick, it's living, and God could use his word to save in the day of salvation, or he could use it 
the other side of the sword to slay and to smite. And, and God, for instance, would smite churches all throughout the church age if they went astray, if they, uh, crossed that boundary and, and went over the line into another gospel, the word of God cut them off and smote them. The churches and whole denominations. And it was the word of God that smote the corporate church as, as God opened up that information and revealed, um, that the church age was over, that the Holy Spirit had come out of the midst, the word of God at that point smote all the churches, the, the entire corporate body, the whole church world was smitten to death by the declaration that came forth from the Bible. It was the the time when the Bible was unsealed and revealed a dead church. God's word smote the churches and congregations. Who else has smitten them? And uh, every true believer understands and knows the church age is over. They're not to be in church. They're to be outside of the churches and congregations because the Bible has uh, slain Every denomination, every church in all the world was killed by the word of God, the Bible. And in a similar way, God has smitten the nations now, as it says in this verse, that with it, that two-edged, that sharp sword, he should smite the nations. And the nations are the Gentiles. It was the Gentiles that overcame the churches at the allowance of God. God permitted that for Satan and his forces to take control of the churches and congregations of the world. But at the end of the Great Tribulation, the tables turn. And and now God smites the nations. He smites Gog and Magog. He, he destroys Satan and his forces. His emissaries that have come against um, his temple, the the corporate church. Well, the uh, next part of the verse here in verse 15 of Revelation 19 says, And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Well, we'll, we'll just stay with the, the middle of the, of the verse. He shall rule them with a rod of iron because this is a very important, um, significant statement that the Lord is making. Uh, This particular statement is made a few times in the Bible. First of all, we, we should realize that the word rod is a word that identifies or points to the word of God, the Bible, Uh, um, Remember Psalm 23, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God's word comforts the people of God. Or uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 11. And I'll read the first few verses of Isaiah chapter 11. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of Jehovah shall rest upon him, 
the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Jehovah, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of Jehovah, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. So the word rod, uh, back in verse 1, is pointing to Christ himself. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Well, those references are speaking of Jesus, and and uh, Christ is also the Word made flesh. So uh, then in verse 4, God speaks of Christ smiting the earth, just as we have in our verse that he smites the nations. Here it says he shall smite the earth with a rod of his mouth. And again, that sharp sword comes out of his mouth. The, the rod of his mouth is the saying the same thing. It is the word of God, the Bible. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Second Timothy 3.16 says, and the word inspiration is a compound word in the Greek language that means God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. And it's a basically a Hebrew parallelism where we read that he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. They're saying the same thing with different wording and uh, slightly different language. Now also in Micah, in Micah chapter 7, we see how God refers to the rod. It, it's pointing to his word again. In Micah 7, verse 14, Feed thy people with thy rod, the flock of thine heritage, which dwell solitarily in the wood, in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old. So here uh, the Lord says, Feed thy people with thy rod, the flock of thine heritage. And uh, he he's speaking of his people as sheep. And we know that Jesus did say three times in John 21, feed my sheep, feed my sheep three times. And, and here God is saying, feed thy people with thy rod. And, and this would relate to Psalm 23, which was, uh, that wonderful Psalm that, that pictures the people of God as sheep and Christ as the shepherd. And the shepherd has the rod to guide the sheep, to protect the sheep and so forth. And it is the rod that identifies with the word of God. And it is the word that feeds the people of God. Uh, you know, we, we're aware of this. We know this, that we are nourished. Uh, we are sustained. Uh, we, uh, we are strengthened when we turn to the Bible. When God 
reveals truth to us, when he opens up scripture to our understanding that we might know the scriptures, then we are being fed spiritually through the Bible. And he is feeding us with his rod. But why does Revelation 19.15 then speak of a rod of iron? Why of iron? Um, the, the word of God isn't iron, is it? Well, iron is that which can identify with God's wrath and, and in his anger, uh, he, uh, he can make the heavens as iron, for instance, or as it says in Leviticus chapter 26. In Leviticus 26, beginning in verse 18, I'll read a few verses here. And I think it'll help us understand the word iron a little bit, especially as it's used uh, in association with the word rod. Uh, Leviticus 26.18, If ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron, and your earth as brass, and your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. Now here God is addressing uh, those that would be in rebellion against him. They're involved in transgressing his laws, and, and so he's speaking of the punishment, and the punishment will be that the Lord would make your heaven as iron. Now, uh, what if you wanted to go pray to God, and uh, and and the the heavens were as iron? Uh, and what would that mean? Here we are on earth, and God is in heaven, and in between, uh, in between, we see this iron sky. Uh, what would that tell us? Well, it would tell us that our, our prayers are not going to penetrate. That, that they cannot go through. They, they cannot reach the Lord. And, and notice also here, as God is, uh, mentioning your heaven will be as iron, that he says in verse 20, the land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. That there will be no fruitfulness. And what does fruit represent in the Bible? But salvation. That's why God speaks of the early rain and the latter rain and the first fruits and the final fruits brought in, in gathering, all pointing to his program of salvation. And, and yet if the heaven is as iron, well, that could also relate to no rain. Rain can't get to us here on the earth. Prayers cannot reach unto God in the heaven. And therefore, there's no fruitfulness. There is no salvation. Um, we, we see similar statements made in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 4, it says, uh, beginning in verse 1, 
Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile, and lay it before thee, and portray upon it the city, even Jerusalem, and lay siege against it, and build a fort against it, and cast a mount against it, set the camp also against it, and set battering rams against it round about. Moreover, take thou unto thee an iron pan, and set it for a wall of iron between thee and the city, and set thy face against it, and it shall be besieged, and thou shalt lay siege against it. This shall be a sign to the house of Israel. Well, notice how many times God um, used the word against. He is against Jerusalem, because Jerusalem here typifies the corporate church, and God was set against them as he was judging them when judgment began at the house of God. And again, he mentions an iron pan, and the son of man, Ezekiel the prophet, is picturing God or in the place of God, set the pan between thee and the city. So here is the city, the object of God's anger and wrath, and put a pan between you and that city that that is um, set against. And and again, what does the iron pan represent? Well, it's as though God has left them and abandoned them and cut them off. He will not hear them. He, he is not going to pity them, nor have mercy upon them as he pours out his wrath on them. And that's where this iron rod comes in. Again, let me read Revelation 19 and the part of verse 15 we're looking at. And he shall rule them with a rod. The rod relates to the word of God. With a rod of iron. Iron. Because Christ has conquered the kingdom of Satan, Babylon, as it's been called. Christ has put down Satan and now rules over the nations. But he's not ruling in a benevolent way for the benefit of man. He's ruling to punish the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. And he rules with a rod. Of course, the word of God. And it's a rod of iron because the word of God is proclaiming the end of God's salvation program. And and this means wherever someone is in all the world, in the nations, wherever an individual is, when they come to the Bible and they're an unsaved person, they're, they're in, in a spiritually filthy condition according to Revelation 22.12. And they come to the Bible. In time past, there was no iron um, in between. But now God has closed the door of heaven. He has ended his salvation program. There is no more fruit of the land. The, the tree will not give forth its fruit. And so when a person comes to the Bible and reads the Bible, it's like an iron rod. 
it, it it's an iron word to them because there is no mercy there is no grace there is no leniency there is no pardoning power there there is no gospel of salvation on any of the bible's pages and they can they can read and read and read and turn here and turn there and they're not going to find the book and they're not going to find the chapter or the scripture verse they're not going to find any comfort any encouragement anything at all that would be able to penetrate the iron that God has set up and as uh he has established it is judgment day and the time of a granting mercy has come to an end there is now judgment without mercy and that's why Christ is said to rule with a rod of iron now at the same time that which is a rod of iron to the uh, unregenerate to Esau and and to all those typified by Esau uh, to all those that were never chosen or elected to salvation the same word is a means of spiritual nourishment of feeding the people of God so feed thy flock with thy rod o lord and 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 so Christ is feeding his people with the rod of iron because it does not have the same impact upon the one that God has already saved. It it doesn't uh, affect them that there is no more salvation. And so they can come to the word. They can come to the Bible and be greatly blessed and encouraged and comfort and strengthen and all the things that that God's word is. Uh, so it is so much to each child of God. Uh, it is uh, our our life, and and uh, it it is a great blessing to us. Well, all those things apply. Yet, it at the same time, none of those things apply to the unsaved people of the earth. Thanks for joining us for E Bible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.